Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, just as I walked out of here, I was having a great day, and then that silly verdict came down. Don't worry, it's just a blip. Uh, I think it's going to be one on appeal, and even if it's not, all right, he'll write a check for uh, whatever he has to to this ridiculous, ludicrous woman. And anybody can see that, especially a judge, especially a jury. The number one thing you got to remember, it is impossible for Donald Trump's uh, constitutional rights to be honored and respected in a place like Manhattan when it comes to an impartial jury. You can look it up. It's in the Sixth Amendment. He deserves an impartial jury, and he did not, nor could he get one in this city, I, I'm sorry, he just it's 92 percent Democrat in this county and he's not going to get a fair trial. You need a, and who has who's impartial on Donald Trump? Show me one person in the world who's impartial. And I haven't really made up my mind about him. I'm, yeah, he's, 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 he's OK. I don't know. He's OK. I really don't think about him very much. Everybody has a pretty solid, rock-solid opinion about this guy. And my experience is people either love him or hate him. I'll have more to say about that and that bogus woman and this bogus case. And, oh, by the way, our governor, that um, oh, hideous, uh, empty-headed woman, uh, Kathy Hochul, how she was in cahoots with uh, all of these folks to make this lawsuit happen. And, oh, by the way, Andrew Cuomo, and I know you guys hate it when I defend him, all right, and before I even defend him, and I'm not going to spend much time on it, I will point out that I was saying that he should have been forced out of office when he turned that hospital ship around. He should have resigned or been impeached immediately when he signed a book deal while as sitting governor for $5 million, okay? I And I said it out loud. I said it on the record while the rest of even Republicans were saying, oh, oh he's really good. Wow, he really looks good in that shirt. Is he talking about COVID? And, oh, by the way, his policies have killed people, right? But one thing about Andrew Cuomo, he was no predator, all right? No predator. Girls liked him. He wasn't pushing himself on anybody. Not with that silly girl with the hair in the bun and Lindsay Boyles, the worst employee in the history of the world. But that was a test case, okay? That was a test case. They were trying everything. That was the Aberdeen Proving Grounds of sexual harassment cases, and believe me, they were do, they were workshopping. They were workshopping the case against Trump. It doesn't matter. It's not going to work. It's a blip. Everybody understands this. All right. Everybody does. And you will not see anything in the polls change. Now, do me a favor. Uh, I'm working on this for tonight. And it's a pain in the neck, but it's very important. That big press conference from Jim Comer. Uh, Jim Comer of the House Oversight Committee and a lot of other people were there. And the way this was positioned and presented, oh gosh, you probably won't see it on the nighttime news. I am, I'm not sure actually. Let's, I guess I gotta watch tonight if they do it. But we have basically cold hard evidence that Joe Biden is a corrupt politician. I've had, I've known it for a long time, but now, you know, it, it, even the fake news, even the most ardent Biden supporter can't pretend that this is normal. 
All right. It's not. Here we go. Listen to this. This is from the House Oversight Committee. And do me a favor. Why don't you work up some sound from uh, James Comer and the rest? All right. And uh, he was very good. Byron Donalds was good. And you know who else was good? Nancy Mace, Republican of South Carolina. Now, her big claim to fame is that she is a Republican, but she's a Trump hater. Uh, she voted for impeachment. She did all kinds of things. And uh, she's on abortion. She she plays footsie with the left big time. And there she is. She's right, right there at the press conference saying Joe Biden's a corrupt politician. Hunter Biden's giving him this money. We all know it. It's uh, influence peddling and I mean, she doesn't carry that much credibility with me because of the other issues, but she carries a lot of credibility with the left, kind of, at least the talk show bookers. Anyway, it's important. She's an important voice in all of this. Okay, ready? Since taking the gavel in January, our committee, this is the House Oversight Committee, has accelerated our investigation into the Biden family's domestic and international business practices. We want to update you on a few of our findings for this ongoing investigation. We have now established a network of over 20 companies formed by the Bidens and their associates. Most of these companies were LLCs formed when Joe Biden was vice president. Based on the financial records we have obtained via bank subpoenas, we can now confidently trace at least $10 million in total from foreign nationals and their related companies going to the Biden family, their business associates, and their companies. What services did the Bidens provide in exchange for this money? It is unclear what they provided other than access and influence. Yeah, unclear. They don't know how to do anything other than be Bidens, okay? They just don't have a business. The Trumps have a business. You can look at them. You can look at this golf course. You can look at that building. You can look at the wine company. You can look at the water company. You can look at all the things they do. Continuing, Joe Biden told the American people on October 22nd, 2020, that Hunter never made money from China. That is a lie based on the bank records. That was one hell of a moment. And he accused Trump of taking money from China in the same breath. The Bidens took steps to hide, confuse and conceal payments they received from foreign nationals. Here's one example how a CCP linked associate layered domestic limited liability companies to pay Hunter Biden. All right. Are you with me here? Step one. Chinese company creates another infrastructure with okay, creates a company, a Chinese company created something called Hudson West Five as the sole member. Hudson West Five is actually a guy named Gong Wen Dong, and he removes Hudson West Five as the sole member and adds Okay, now it does get complicated, okay? There's a lot of Chinese names flowing around. Basically, um a company was set up by the Chinese, they put money in that company and that company made a direct payment to Owasco PC. That's Hunter Biden's company. All right, that can be traced to Hunter. It's it, that's 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 his. So money is going from the Chinese Communist Party to a Chinese company, and that company sends the money to America in the Hunter Biden LLC to the Hunter Biden LLC. Sometimes they did it that directly. Sometimes they send it to one of these guys named Walker or James Gillar, who knew, uh, who know, they know Hunter. And then they wired money to Hunter. Okay. James Gillar. They're the middleman. Shell companies. Rudy will tell you. Okay. This is racketeering. This is Rico. 
Multiple Biden family members received money from the Chinese after it passed through an associate's account. Additionally, Hunter Biden received money directly into his company account from a Chinese-controlled entity, like I just said. In addition to the China money ties, we are adding a new country to our growing list of places the Bidens receive money from. Romania. Hmm. The Biden family and associates activities in Romania reveal an influence peddling scheme from 2015 to 2017. Let's Who's vice president? Joe Biden's vice president during those years. Yeah. While Vice President Biden was lecturing Romania on anti-corruption policies, he served as a walking billboard for his son and family to collect money. Hunter and his associates capitalized on lucrative financial relationships with a Romanian national who was later convicted of corruption. The Bidens received over $1 million for the Romania deal, with 16 of the 17 payments made during Biden's VP term. You know, actually, Romania was a country I heard mentioned a couple of years ago, and I think it was by Rudy, that Romania, there's a big Romanian tie here. i got to use this for tonight. All right, you know, the China debate. And i got to find the speech that Joe made in Romania. Let's find that, okay? Did he make a speech in Romania lecturing them? It might have been behind closed doors. Okay, so the Bidens received a million dollars. The money stops flowing from Romania soon after Joe Biden leaves office, establishing a pattern of influence peddling. Due to the information we are releasing today and further developments our committee is aware of, the investigation will enter a new phase. Congressman James Comer will soon issue more subpoenas to banks for specific targeted information. In addition, he will provide one more opportunity for certain Biden associates, including his art gallerist. <laughs> he does have a, a gallerist. <laughs> a, I love that word, a gallerist. Uh, and Rob Walker to cooperate willingly with this investigation. Congressman Comer is publicly releasing this second bank records memo to the American people so they can see for themselves the activities the Biden family has engaged in, despite the president's statements to the contrary. Ultimately, we believe the Biden family and their associates courted business in countries that correlated directly with Joe Biden's work as vice president. This is also not normal. It is not ethical. And this is why we are working towards legislative solutions. All right, that's the part I'm not impressed by, okay? They always say, they always like kind of water it down. We're just going to pass a law or something like this. This is, if this isn't against the law, you can't tell me you can't make a federal case out of something here, right? If they can po- prosecute uh, Donald Trump uh, for, for bookkeeping, for putting the wrong word in the memo of a check, I think there's a crime here. And we got the finest attorney, one of the finest attorneys in the world uh, going to be here shortly, Rudy Giuliani. I mean, I, there's got to be something more than legislative solutions, don't you think? Um, impeachment hearings? How about that? How about impeachment hearings? Can we start with that? I There's something. we got to do something about this stuff. All right. So there's that going on. Do we want to talk about the E. Jean Carroll thing? I, I, is anybody talking about it? She was on the She was on the shows, but... I don't think so. I don't think so. I, it's not going to be a thing. It's not going to be a thing. All right. But remember this, the whole damned intelligence committee uh, community, they're not working for us. They are working for I, I can't even begin to comprehend their sympathies and their interests. But it has nothing to do with national security. 
It has nothing to do with what their job description actually is, what it actually says officially. And why would they why would they be sitting around contemplating revenge on Donald Trump? Why would they do that? Why didn't we have hearings? Why didn't we bust up the intelligence community right after Chuck Schumer said this? He seems to know something, doesn't he? Cut 32, please. Cut 32. He's taking these shots, this antagonism, this taunting to the intelligence community. You you take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. The intelligence community is going to get back at you. Now, that's Chuck Schumer. In early January 2017, a couple of weeks before Donald Trump becomes president, he's already saying the intelligence community is going to get back at Trump. Why? Because Trump had the nerve to say things like the intelligence community failed us. No weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. That was a big, fat mistake, and it absolutely was. By the way, it was 20 years ago right now, 20 years ago this month, May George W. Bush, W. Got to get the terrorists there. I can't do a W. I'll work on it. Anyway, here he is on the aircraft carrier Lincoln. Remember when he flew in on that plane in his dopey little suit, Cut 31, Cut 31? Admiral Kelly, Captain Card, officers and sailors of the USS Abraham Lincoln, my fellow Americans, major combat operations in Iraq have ended in the Battle of Iraq. The United States and our allies have prevailed. Wrong, wrong, wrong. We blew it. We blew it. George W. Bush wanted to go to war. Dick Cheney, they wanted to go to war. They told the CIA, you better find weapons of mass destruction. That's what we want to hear. You say it because that's what the boss wants to hear. And it works this way in the private sector, right, all the time. The boss doesn't want to hear that. He wants to hear this. So go tell the boss that. In a lot of places, not all places, but a lot of places, that's where the world world works. And these people schemed and plotted with, and they did it on our time, company time, to get Trump. That will not stand. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh. Hey, real quick on the back to the E. Jean Carroll nonsense and this hideous verdict. The greatest law professor in the world, greatest lawyer. I mean, he's right up there with Rudy Giuliani. Uh, well, I consider Alan Dershowitz more of an academic and an appellate lawyer, and he's really good at appeals. That's not Rudy Giuliani's um, uh, specialty. His specialty was throwing really bad guys in jail for a really, really long time. Great attorney, great prosecutor. Alan Dershowitz, though, if it's an appeal... Uh, that's what he that's what he does. And listen to this. He was on with John Katsimatidis and Rita last night. Cut three. His name was not Donald Trump. He'd win the appeal. But, you know, in New York, with a name like Donald Trump, everybody has strong views about Donald Trump. I can testify to that from personal experience. Look how people treated me when I just defended him, as I have an obligation to do under the Constitution against an unconstitutional impeachment. They just, you know, tried to destroy my life, my children's life, my wife's life. So so how do you expect judges and jurors to be objective when it comes to Donald Trump in a city like New York? Yeah, not uh, not possible. What about that whole thing about justice is supposed to be blind? You ever see the lady holding the scale? It's a famous statue. There's a lady kind of a rather rather curvy oh by the way right isn't she a lady justice kind of curvy and 
Isn't she? Doesn't she have like a bare midriff or something like that, or is it a gown? I'm sorry. I, maybe maybe she's uh, maybe she's uh, wearing um, uh, a, I, I don't know what the hell she's wearing, but she, she I know this. She's wearing a blindfold. Justice is supposed to be blind. This case would not have been brought. And don't don't forget, they passed a phony baloney law because you can't sue somebody for stuff that happened in 1995. They came up with a crazy exception signed by Governor Hochul, Kathy Hochul, Governor Bimbo. Oh, excuse me. Did I say that? Well, I did say governor. I put it there. Right? That was respectful. That was very respectful. All right. All right. All right. You don't want to say the B word. I take it back. Kind of. Uh, cut four, please. I think it's a Rorschach verdict. Um, you know, people who support Trump will read it as a victory because the most important thing is the jury found he did not rape her. She testified under oath that he did rape her. And so the jury didn't believe that. And this isn't a criminal case where the jury might have had a reasonable doubt. The jury actually made a finding that he didn't rape her. And it seems to me that if that's the case, how do you have defamation? Because the defamation is basically he said he didn't rape her. She was lying. The jury essentially found maybe that she was lying because they did not find the highest count, the most important count. So the people who support him will see it as a victory. The people who oppose him will see it as a defeat. No, I support him, and I don't see it as a victory, all right? We lost, okay? And that, and, and the phony people, the liars, won. Now, I know what he's talking about. I, I was listening to the verdict, and the first thing they said was on rape. No, like it didn't happen. Like they, they, I was like, yes, okay, he won. And then sexual battery, they said, oh, that did happen, in their opinion. So if you look at it, what she's what they're quibbling over was whether or not there was intercourse. And apparently she said on the stand, I don't remember if they, I don't remember if there was intercourse or not. I know he penetrated me. I don't know how is it is. You know what, or is it got very technical and very literal and very weird, okay? So this is not a victory. But, but, there will be victory, all right? Uh, there's going to be an ultimate victory, and it's going to be so spectacular. It's going to be so beautiful. By the way, the Trump legal team put out some dynamite stuff about her, uh, some things I did not know. And also that Reed Hoffman guy who funded the whole thing, sleeping at Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Island. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Instead of being with, honest with the American people, President Biden has claimed since the 2020 election that his family has not received money from China. That was a lie in 2020, and he continues to lie to the American people now. The Bidens have received millions of dollars from China. It is inconceivable that the president did not know it. The White House refuses to correct the president's statements, showing the president is now using the federal government to run interference for his families and his own role in these schemes. Now I want to say a few remarks about the developments last week. A week ago, I sent a subpoena to the FBI. What? Oh, well, they're still working on that. They're still working on that. There's a whistleblower inside the FBI. And um, how about that now? Up until now, the three Biden family members that we knew about who got money, uh, well, Hunter Biden, uh, James Biden, Joe's brother, and Haley Biden. <laughs> you can look at that Haley Biden as the widow of Bo or the girlfriend of Hunter. Okay, you can pick either one. 
And they put out a few more names today. All right. Who else do they say received money from the Chinese and from the Romanians? And uh, this is crazy stuff. This is not supposed to happen. This is not normal. And when you make the arrangements they have made, they do it to hide things. All right. So let's see. Uh, there is Hunter's present wife. Uh, he's married now. And he got divorced. And actually, Hunter's ex-wife got some money in all this. Um there was a grandchild involved. James Biden's wife, Sarah, it looks like, may have received money. Um, and I think there are a couple of more. How about that? Hey, George Santos, oh, by the way, he got locked up. <laughs> George Santos. Dad, come on. He was just exaggerating on his resume. Hey, I don't know. Maybe he was doing all kinds of other stuff. Uh, the allegations are, um, well, what are the allegations? Huh? Has, has the, has it been released yet? The presentment or whatever it is? Uh, yeah, let's get a, let's get a hold of that. Um, all kinds of financial irregularities. Hey, the feds, they don't screw around. If, if you're indicted or if they arrest you, you're in big, big, big trouble. This goes apparently beyond just, uh, saying you went to college when you didn't. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll get into the details, but I want to go to Donald Trump's amazing statement last night, uh, about all this stuff. Actually, uh, why don't we just play it from him first? All right. I think it's in the C block. If you don't mind, is this, uh, do we have Donald Trump? Yes. Here we go. Cut 36, please. Cut 36. What else can you expect from a Trump hating Clinton appointed judge who went out of his way to make sure that the result of this trial was as negative as it could possibly be, speaking to and in control of a jury from an anti-Trump area, which is probably the worst place in the United States for me to get a fair trial. We'll be appealing this decision. It's a disgrace. I don't even know who this woman is. I have no idea who she is, where she came from, This is another scam. It's a political witch hunt. And somehow we're going to have to fight this stuff. We cannot let our country go into this abyss. This is disgraceful. You have somebody running for office. You have a woman that's financed and lied about it. She totally lied about it by Democrat operatives, like just about the biggest one there is. And she said that wasn't true. They found that she lied about it and... The judge wasn't even, I guess, letting it be put in as evidence. The whole thing is a scam, and it's a shame, and it's a disgrace to our country. Absolutely. And what he's talking about there, she lied about it. Yeah, in a deposition, and you take an oath, all right? E. Jean Carroll was asked, point blank, who is paying your legal bills? And she said, uh, no one, no one, no one's paying my legal bills, no one. Well, it turns out one of the richest men in America was paying her legal bills. His name is Reed Hoffman, and he's a weirdo. Now, number one, I guess he's good with computers. He started LinkedIn. However, he also flew to Lolita Island to hang out with Jeffrey Epstein, who was convicted of having sex with kids, having sex with children. Well, I was going there to raise money for Massachusetts of Institute of uh, MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Right. Yeah, sure you were. Yeah. Nobody believes you. You were going down there to do what people do on Lolita Island, and it's sick. And we're unbelievable. And this actually passes, right? He can actually, and he's still invited to conferences and things like that. He can go actually out and talk and listen to this. E. Jean Carroll hired the disgraced hypocrite Roberta Kaplan to lead her frivolous lawsuit at the urging of Trump 
hater George Conway. Yep, this is all in Trump's statement uh, put out last night. Uh, Ms. Kaplan resigned in disgrace from Time's Up for helping Governor Andrew Cuomo smear a sexual assault accuser. All right, I love it when he plays the left against the left. Okay, this is good, actually. Roberta Kaplan, Carol's attorney, was forced out of her role leading activist group Time's Up after it was revealed that she advised the public smearing of a woman who accused former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo of sexual harassment. Kaplan's motives for taking this case are purely political. Um, yeah. So, look, if you're a liberal and uh, 99% of the time you're like, believe women, believe women, believe women, and then all of a sudden Andrew Cuomo, your guy gets accused, and you're like, uh, no, let's smear the woman or let's say this about her or whatever, that's a problem for you on the left, and that's what Trump is highlighting there. All right. Now, I defend Andrew Cuomo, and you know why, right? You know why, because I think he's a, a, a terrible governor in so many respects, but not a predator, okay? And, you know, some people come to well, 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 he doesn't deserve your defense. Hey, I am going to defend, you know, I'm on a crusade, okay, against injustice, all right? I'm for, you know, I'm for doing what's right, and what happened to him was wrong, okay? This case was funded by Democrat mega donor and LinkedIn founder Reed Hoffman. Yep, there we go. Hoffman made the largest con- contribution to the Biden-supporting Unite the Country Super PAC when it launched in late 2019. The Unite the Country PAC, which launched in late October as Biden was posting low fundraising totals, hauled in $4.2 million in February. Its newest records show its largest donation was $1 million from LinkedIn founder and Democrat mega donor Reed Hoffman, who previously apologized for helping to repair Epstein's reputation and for funding a pro-Democrat disinformation campaign in Alabama. Hoffman admitted to staying overnight at at Epstein's Island, Little St. James, in 2015. Little St. James Island. I call it Lolita Island, but that's just me. Mr. Hoffman told the journal he only once visited Epstein's Island residence. I was just there once at Lolita Island for an MIT fundraising trip with some guy named Mr. Ito. He said he regrets ever meeting with Epstein. And his last interaction with, with Mr. Epstein was in 2015, as if that means anything. 2018 is seven years after the guy was busted for having sex with children. And, oh, by the way, everybody deserves a second chance, all right? I mean, however, sex offenders are sex offenders, and you got to register and all that stuff. Uh, but it wasn't about getting a sex offender wrongly accused or a sex offender who was struggling to break his habit or struggling and was destitute and in poverty and needed a needed a break. This is a this is a guy with his own island. This is a guy with his own jet, and this is a guy also who did not show any remorse whatsoever for the crimes he committed against children. This is a man who joked, joked uh, uh, almost up until the day he got caught, arrested by the feds, that he hung around women who were so young that hotel clerks thought they were his daughter. He got a big kick out of that, and so do a lot, did a lot of his shady friends. Okay, neither Carol, Eugene Carroll, nor anyone else offered as a witness in the trial could remember the year the event allegedly occurred. The year. You know, an allegation like that sometimes come down, comes down to, like, minutes, right? I mean, it really is the year. You can't even name the year. How did this thing get – how did this thing – how was it allowed to get go forward, Right. Uh, I didn't know this, did you? Court-appointed judge, I'm sorry, Clinton-appointed judge, 
Lewis Kaplan, who officiated the wedding of Carol's co-counsel, excluded key evidence from the trial, namely the funding of the case by Reed Hoffman and the supposed DNA evidence Carol claims she has. Judge Kaplan officiated the wedding of Miss Carol's attorney, Ms. Crowley? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Ms. Carol's story is suspiciously similar to a 2012 episode of Law & Order SVU. In evidence, it was revealed that a 2012 Law & Order SVU episode featured a storyline centering on an alleged rape in a dressing room at Bergdorf Goodman. This episode aired several years after Carol's allegations. This episode aired several years after Carol's allegations and seven years prior to her coming forward with them. Seven years, yeah. So her, but she didn't make the allegations until like 2018, all right, in that silly book that she wrote. So, that's another reason why she's not saying the year. She can't. She can't say the year because there there wasn't there wasn't an incident on Monday. Trump's attorney also mentioned another stunning coincidence. Carol's description of the alleged incident is very similar to a. T- okay, we already did that. Uh, oh, the Bergdorf Goodman thing. Uh, the same store Carol claims the incident took place. Role play took place in the dressing room of Bergdorf's. While she was trying on lingerie, I would burst in, the character in the TV episode said. According to Carol, the two were in the lingerie section, and Trump allegedly assaulted her in the dressing room. Carol claimed to be aware of the episode, but denied watching it. Uh, okay, this is what we know. This is this is crazy stuff. Poor guy. But he's going to, he's, he's, God made him the way he made him for a reason. Don't you think? I mean, right? He's very, very special. Very special. Other things going on. They're still trying to make a federal case out of this whole Neely situation. Jordan Neely, the the Michael Jackson impersonator. Even the local news. Hey, the local news, terrible. Absolutely terrible. Channel 2, Channel 4, Channel 7. They are woke and left and wrong all the time. Saw the noon telecast. Everybody is portraying Jordan Neely as some sort of a saint. Right, just a very talented Michael Jackson impersonator, who had a mental health issue. Well, the mental health issue or not, he he was arrested forty-one times, including for some very serious things like assault, breaking the bones in a woman's face. Uh, but they're out there trying to rile everything up, stir everything up, cause trouble. This is uh, got to come up with a term for it. You know, the media industrial, the media industrial complex. What do we call it? What do we call it? Let's see here. All right. I'm going to go to, uh, hey, what do you make of all this, Lynn? Hi. 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 Um, well, I was watching the entire, uh, Comer, uh, uh, conference and I, I was struck by the fact that there were, there was no media there. And then when he called on people, he could only call on the New York Post. No, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. There was no media there. I mean, look, there was media there. And he actually made a point of calling on the New York Post first. He called, he said, I'm calling on the New York Post first because you guys were kicked out. I mean, there were, there was media in the room. I'm more curious because I wasn't watching TV. I've watched the whole press conference. Was it taken live by any of the networks? That I don't know. Do you? Uh, I don't know because I, I've cut off my television. I can't take the propaganda anymore. So where were you watching it? Uh, on C-SPAN. On C-SPAN, yeah. A lot of- 
empty chairs. Well, yeah. I know the I don't. I mean, yes, the front row empty chairs. You're right. It wasn't. But there were media in there. The Epic Times asked a question. Uh, the New York Post asked a question. Uh, two other people asked a question. I wasn't sure of their affiliation. Um, yeah, kind of think of it. You're right. There were more. There were more members of Congress than media, but there were media. It was covered. I'm curious if it was covered on the networks or what happens tonight. Hey, I'm going bananas with this thing. Okay, tonight certainly. And yeah, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to just play large chunks. Large chunks. I'm watching it on Fox News. Oh, by the way, right now they're showing a little bit. Granted, it's uh, <laughs> what time is it? One forty-seven p.m. And now they get around to the story. I mean, cable news has a reputation for kind of like you know going hog wild. You, you just heard what I said. I'm going to go bananas with it. They're not exactly going bananas with it. So this is where the, you you bang the gong. You know, you 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 have the swoop. You know, breaking news. This is just a little chit-chat that they're having. Oh, this could be bad for Biden. However, the Republicans may overplay their hands. I'm looking at this guy right now, some some Bush guy. Anyway, Lynn, uh, yeah, what else? Well, I was just really concerned that uh, nobody seems to care about bribery anymore. Bribery is one of the most serious crimes we have. Um, it's a huge, you know, it's ancient common law, and anybody can prosecute it. It's biblical. Yeah. It's 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 right there. It's 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 so you're right. And it's so basic and people can understand it. You know what they remember what they tried to say about Trump to influence an election. He he tried to dig up dirt on an opponent uh, from uh, a foreign country. Remember that that it was a fancy way of saying like to President Zelensky. Hey, Z, did you see what Trump, what Biden said on TV? He says he's uh he's bossing you guys around. You should look into that. Biden said something on TV. Basically, Donald Trump said Donald Trump asked questions about Vice President Biden's corruption and 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 Trump gets impeached for it. It's crazy. Anyway, Lynn, we're on the same page. She got rid of cable. Good for you. Everything else good? Well, yeah, I like the radio, you know. I yeah, mean, well, you know I, what? I, you ought to like my Newsmax show. Okay, I can I I have that app. Yes, so yes, yes. 10 p.m. every night and then they put the show up and you can watch it later. Newsmax, 10 p.m. I'm telling you, it's really special. I'm proud of it. Hey, Lynn, thanks for calling. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. If you have a situation where there is a debate, a Republican debate, and I can see Ron DeSantis now, is it not a fact, Mr. President, that you battered in a sexual way, you you attacked a woman in New York or a New York jury has found you liable for doing it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being that finger in your face? Is it this? This pales in comparison to, uh, you know, a political charge, Disneyland or whatever the president can level at DeSantis. This is very, very serious. Wow. That's Geraldo. That's Fox News for you. Are you crazy? If DeSantis pulled that crap. All right, his his campaign would it would would die right there. That would be that would be suicide. That would be absolute and total suicide. You know, Geraldo and Fox News. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, what the hell became of them? Just you know what they are? They run with the front runner. All right, front runners. They're front runners, or whatever their boss wants. That kind of thing. Now, I like Geraldo in many ways. He's a talented broadcaster. Uh, but I do believe he's got uh, Trump derangement syndrome. I think he calls him a coup plotter in this next. Uh, did he call him a coup plotter here? Cut 25. 
the charisma and the uh, the magnetism of Donald Trump, who has been a, a lifelong friend until he, uh, you know, uh, helped stage a coup uh, after the November 2020 election. I think that it is it is so uh, parochial and and partisan to suggest that a rape, a, a finding of of uh, sexual battery is not is nothing. This is not nothing. This is a, a woman has now convinced the New York jury that she was attacked by the president of the United States and has been and, she, and the jury has. Found uh, 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 uh. Well, there's Fox News 2023. huh? You know, Fox News used to pride itself on providing something different. All right. Something that you couldn't get on Channel 247, CNN, MSNBC, all the rest, the lamestream media. How lame can you get? And I've gone through, I've debunked everything that Geraldo said. I did it last night, I did it in the earlier part of the show. You know that, I know that, but wow, huh? Fox News. Thanks for nothing, Fox. Yikes. Anyway, Geraldo, I still I still have a big soft spot in my heart for him. I do, I do, I do. Not when he's on TV, though. Yikes. Sandra in New Jersey, hi. Hi, Greg. Good afternoon. Um, You know, you showed George Conway last night on your show, and I... I'm surprised. First, I was I was surprised. I'm not so surprised because he has an agenda of his own. You know, he was not welcome in the White House after a certain amount of time. So he encouraged Carol to go forward with this uh, lawsuit. So I was very surprised at that, but not surprised. And then Donald Trump, he'll appeal this. And in, in the next go around, I hope, as um, Alan Dershowitz said last night in his book event, the jurors have to be checked. They have to go through the social media, the Facebook, and all that stuff. I don't know if they did it this I think they need a new law. They can't have – presidents cannot be evaluated by – I'm sorry, actually. I know this sounds a little bit – they can't be evaluated by by people who may have voted for them. You got to find non-voters. You got to – you got to go somewhere where it's – or where it's closely divided, you know, 50-50. There are states like that, like a swing state. When's the last time New York was considered a swing state, all right? I mean, it's so unfair what happened. Anyway, all good with you, Sandra? Yeah, all all is good with me. I I just thought that maybe as Donald Trump goes forward, he should focus on the suburban women, like, for instance, the vaccinations, the indoctrination, like he said with the... um, You know something? Can I just ask you to focus on suburban women? What about focusing on Americans, Okay. I'm not a suburban woman. I'm an urban male, and I'm a, I'm a, I, I agree with you on all that stuff. All right. I mean, I I can't stand it. You know what I mean? I mean, you remember what Carrie Lake said she doesn't. People ask her, "What are you going to do for the Latino community?" Well, what am I going to do for the community? You know what I mean, Sandra? Right? 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 Okay. I I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Joe Biden is in New York. I didn't know about this. He's in uh, Valhalla and he's holding a microphone. My goodness gracious. He's the worst communicator in the world. And he's the president of the United States and he's holding a microphone saying horrible things about the Republicans again and MAGA. Do I want to listen just for a moment? Let's see what is uh, what he sounds like here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, turn up the volume when you can. And he said something about, oh, the debt ceiling. I can't stand anything regarding the debt ceiling. Uh, it's not my forte. 
I do know this, that we shouldn't be spending as a country, the federal government, $10 million on a hip-hop museum, $200 million on some park in uh, San Francisco that Nancy Pelosi likes. There is horrendous waste, fraud, and abuse. And I know they keep poo-pooing that. Oh, that's not that's not much of the no. You, no, you don't understand it. You're not sophisticated enough. Oh yeah, you think this guy's sophisticated? Let me hear it. Manufactured crisis. There's no question about America's ability to pay its bills. America has the strongest economy in the world, and we should be cutting spending and lowering the deficit without a needless crisis, in a responsible way. All right, that's enough. Believe- Thank you. Goodbye. Um, he said that Republicans are holding the economy hostage. Well. I will admit, it's not my forte, the debt ceiling. I really start to tune out really quick when that thing comes up. Uh, but I don't trust him. I trust the Republicans. I do know this. The federal uh, budget is ludicrous. And when you start, you know, gosh, half your income goes to taxes. wasn't always like this, folks. Half your income. This has been a radical change over the past 120 or so years. 120. Turn from 1900, what is it, what is it, the late 19th century to the early 20th century. That's when things got really out of hand. Hey, I just saw a videotape of a guy who was 350 pounds and got into totally great shape, totally and completely ripped. It's, uh, and he says, he, he ends this thing, if I can do it, you can too. Well, I'm not 350 pounds. But I would like to look like this. How did he do it? We gotta find this guy. Unbelievable. I love those transformations. And you know what? If you can transform your body, you can transform any part of your life. You really can. You can. I told you a million times, right? I'm a totally different person than a, well, eh, some, some, some terrible habits remain. They come back every now and then. Um, but, and you are renewed. Did you know that? You're renewed. Your body is renewed. Your body was renewed every seven years or so. All right, so if we took a pen right now and I could find every cell in your body and put a little number on it, right, one to uh, ten trillion, right, every cell in your body, I wrote a number one and a number two. I actually wrote, you know how many cells we could find with my signature, with my number on it in seven years? Zero, not one, because they've all been regenerated. They've all gone away and they've all been replaced by Newer cells. So we are replaced. We are renewed. It can happen spiritually. It does happen physically. Believe me. Hey, so the day before yesterday, what did I do? I showed a picture of a guy, the alleged gunman in the Allen, Texas shooting, which, oh, by the way, what a horrible situation, right? Uh, the authorities there have been rather uh, evasive when it comes to providing information. Very strange, especially the press conference on Sunday. And they went like running away. Uh, very odd. You know, I've showed you how my dad did it, right? When, it, when the police, the police department is a public organization. It's, it's, it serves the public. He didn't hold information back. Boom. Here's what we know. Boom. Here's where the guy worked. Boom. This is why he did it. We think. Boom. A lot of law enforcement agencies are so timid for whatever reason. I don't get it. In this one, I do believe they wanted to make it a case that this is a white supremacist when it's not. Anyway, we had a picture of a mugshot. A lot of people were reporting that that was the that was the killer. That was the guy, uh, Mauricio Garcia. And uh, we put the mugshot shot up on TV. I had it up at ten o'clock on Newsmax. Anyway, we found out a few hours later that uh, it was not him, and a mistake was made, uh, not just by us, but by a lot of media organizations. 
So um, and it was noticed, but I could have ignored it. I could have downplayed it. What did I do? The very top of my broadcast last night, I said, I made a mistake last night. At this time, 24 hours ago, right now, we showed you the picture of somebody we thought did it but didn't. Uh, it was the wrong picture, and a lot of media organizations did it. It was a mistake. Sorry about that. Um, and then I asked for the mainstream media to apologize for their <laughs> trillions of sins. But I like doing that. I like it was a mistake. It was acknowledged, and it wasn't a lie. It was a mistake. Big difference, right? The media lies. This was a mistake. And to do it at the same, like, you know, they always say the correction is never never a headline, you know? Where the guy turns out to be innocent, it's never as big as the headline when he was accused. Um, I'm particularly sensitive to that. So uh, I wanted to make it at the same place. Same. Look at the corrections in the New York Times. You open it, it's a little, little box, just a little box, because they're embarrassed by it. They want to downplay it. They pretend that they're omniscient. They pretend that they're superior. And when a mistake is made and they're forced to acknowledge it, they want to do it as discreetly and minimally as possible. Uh, Eric, hi, how are you? Good, great. How's it going? You sound uh, like a certain TV show I was watching the other night. Can you, uh, I don't know. What's the situation there? Well, I can't really hear you. Can you hear me now? Better. Okay. Um, 2016, Kinda. news article came out from Reuters uh, regarding Joe Biden's financial status. And he was apparently crying poverty. And Obama offered to lend him money because of medical expenses accrued by the death of his son, and Joe Biden was contemplating selling his house at the time. And Obama said, no, 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 Joe, don't sell the house. I got your back. Uh, how things have changed since that time in 2014, 15, when Biden was crying poverty, huh? Yeah, Biden cried poverty throughout his career, which is actually kind of he's incentivized to, <laughs> you know, he's making a big deal about how little he has. And this scheme enriched his relatives and the theory goes, and we have evidence, that the relatives would give him money under the table. Joe Biden said publicly that he deserves more money than what he's being paid. It's one of the first things he said on the floor of the United States Senate, that we deserve uh, a lot more money given the scope of our responsibilities. And if you start thinking about it that way, this is public service. It seems to be lost on him. He kept calling it a business. It's not a business. It's public service. There's a difference. You're supposed to not be paid as much. That rubbed Joe the wrong way. I did not know, though, what you just said. Obama offered to loan Joe Biden money. I guess this is when Bo was sick. So you got to, you know, it's wrapped in sympathy. But Obama offered Joe money. Is that what you said? Can you can you Google it? It's, 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 well, I mean, I, 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 I'll Google it eventually. But you 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 told me you cited Reuters. Is that a legit story or what? What's going on? Did you read that from Reuters? I. I've read it since 2016. That's All right, I know, but did you read it? Can you cite it? I mean, is this just something, you know, you, people see a lot of things on the Internet. I have not heard that. I just want you to know, you called the radio station. I appreciate that, but, you know, do you have it or not? Yes, I do. Absolutely. I have it in my phone right here. Well, read it to me. Give me one moment. I'll pull it up All for right, you. Let's put him on hold for a second, and you pull you pull that up. I guess I could do the same thing. Yes, he was always running around. I'm the poorest man in the Senate. I'm the poorest man in the Senate. Well, you get to a point, he, he thought, you know, given the budget, given the scope, and they do have a lot of responsibility. 
I thought about that as a kid. You got these congressmen talking about, you know, a hundred billion dollar deficits and all this stuff. I'm like, wow, wow. And here most people are just sweating a couple of thousand dollars. How much does the congressman make? $186,000 a year. But he's dealing with multi-trillion dollar issues. After a while, they start to think, you know what? I deserve more money for what I'm doing, given the scope of my responsibilities. And Joe Biden, I got him on the record actually saying that all the way back in, I think it was in 1974. And the New Hampshire Manchester Herald, I think it was called. What's the Manchester Union leader? The guy who ran it was something conservative, somewhat of a conservative. And on the front page, uh, he put up a great big editorial about Joe Biden. And he was, it was more about the people of Delaware, criticizing the people of Delaware for sending this jackass to, to the United States Senate. It was great. All right, Eric, did you find it yet? What's up? Yes. Yeah, I got it right here. All right, read it to me. The headline, Obama offered to help Biden financially during son's illness. First paragraph. Vice President Biden. Stop. President stop one second. Stop. Who wrote this? Who is who? Just tell me who wrote it and then the source where. OK, who wrote it? It's uh, January 11th, 2016. Reuters staff. All right. Go ahead. Take it away. VP Biden said President Obama offered to give him money to help with expenses while his son, Bo, was battling cancer. Uh, in an interview broadcast on CNN on Monday, Biden said Obama made the offer during lunch after Biden told him he was considering selling his house to raise funds to help Bo, who died of brain cancer in May 2015. So uh, that's interesting. It is interesting. By the way, <laughs> where did Barack Obama get all that money? Now, I know where he got his money. Even before he became president, those silly books he wrote about himself and about his dad and some dream and whatever. Those books started to make serious money, not because they were any good, but because he was the Obama and he started to get a lot of attention. And uh, then he wrote that other uh, what was it called? The Audacity of Hope. How many books has this guy written about himself? There is the Audacity of Hope. Uh, there was uh, Dreams from My Father. There's been The Promised Land or A Promised Land. Believe it or not, he's written two children's books, five and I think there's one more, and we got another one coming. Uh, anyway, he had money at that point, and Joe, what is Joe? Uh, Joe uh, officially didn't have money, but now we know he had all this other stuff. All right, so that's interesting. Uh, what do you think the takeaway is there, Eric? Well, at the time when I read this in 2016, this might have been when Biden was had contemplated running for office, and I'm like, wow, this guy, an old white guy, is ready to take money? From a young black guy that, you know, no, wait, 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 wait. what does race have anything to do with it? What do you mean? I, I, you know, I don't even like that old white guy thing. I can't. You know why I can't stand it, Eric? Because uh, I hear it from old white guys, you know, old liberal white guys. I'm a white guy. What do I need to know? I mean, look, seriously, do me a favor. I love everything you've said so far. This is an interesting little nugget. But what the hell difference does it make that Joe's white and Barack Obama's black? I mean, it's relevant a lot of the time, but not in this one context. Well, can I explain? Go! I just asked well, you the question. Well, okay. Well, according to what we're force-fed every day in the media, you know, the old white guy is the rich guy, the oppressor, and the poor black guy has nothing. All right, stop so- it. Stop it. Now you're being – all right, look. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate the tip. Interesting story. Um, and uh, the rest of it, yeah, all right. Um so, how about that? I gotta find that. And, uh, it's just a little, I mean, it's not groundbreaking, but it's interesting.
It's interesting. It's a little, it's a little nugget. All right. Just like, just like this is a little nugget. You ready for something? Uh, Michelle Obama, who I told you yesterday is going to be the nominee in 2024. They're kicking Joe's ass off the ticket. It's going to be Michelle. And listen to this. This is Michelle Obama. There's a movie out there called Michelle Obama 2024. And this guy, Joel Gilbert, who I know, brilliant guy, has figured out that it's going to be Michelle Obama. He's been talking about this for about two years. He did a whole documentary about her. And Michelle Obama also likes to kind of exaggerate that she's from the mean streets of whatever and um, mean streets of Chicago. You know who her best friend was? Jesse Jackson Jr.'s, uh, Jesse Jackson's uh, daughter, Sunita. Listen to this. Michelle Obama with Sunita, cut 29. Known this woman since I was a baby. We were uh, high school. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of this guy? 65 years. I love this man. I grew up in this man's house. I've seen it all. Michelle loved Santita and found it exciting to hang around Jesse's house where she met many elites and political leaders. And she watched Jesse lay the groundwork for his political campaign for president coming a few years later in 1984. It's interesting. She's in high school, and, and I, I, I keep hearing about, you know, she's uh, dad's a bus driver or something like that. No, his dad was very wired uh, politically. And there she is. And in 1984, Jesse Jackson was a big deal. Do you remember when he ran for president? He ran in 84 and 88. And I thought it was preposterous, just like he's preposterous, um, kind of like a slightly uh, more refined at the time uh, um, Al Sharpton, right? Is that what we think? It is what we think, and I'm out of time. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's the value system that is the foundation of the Western alliance. It's what built the alliance in the first place. And the most fundamental of these values is not a free market. It's an open, free, and transparent society. Where corruption is viewed as the enemy. Oh, yeah? Where government is honest and accountable. And people are given a fair opportunity at success and all, regardless of their station. Uh, But you get a little bit extra, right, when you're vice president of the United States, regardless of station. You seem to be very station-focused, huh? I mean, let's face it, vice president of the United States. He said that back in 2014. He was lecturing Romania about corruption, as you just heard. Romania. Well, guess what uh, the committee just came up with, the oversight committee. that Some corrupt oligarch was sending uh, the Bidens millions of dollars. And that millions of dollars actually wound up in Haley Biden's pocket, uh, Frank Biden's pocket, his brother, Hunter Biden's pocket. I mean, just crazy stuff. Uh, the... Is, I, I'm brought back to when he took the oath of office as vice president. Maybe I'll play that tomorrow when he goes, he's taking the oath and do you solemnly swear? I solemnly swear, blah, 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 blah. And will you well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office of vice president? I will well and faithfully discharge. He hesitated. He hesitated. There's a cadence, the whole thing. And then he hesitates because he already, he already, it was all going off in his head. This is, there's money to be made here, man. So the House Oversight Committee just said $10 million went from uh, places like China and Romania to little shell companies set up to get this money to the Bidens, uh, Biden Associates, uh, this guy James Gillar, uh, this guy Walker. 
and sometimes directly to Hunter by $10 million. That's a lot of bloody cash. And according to these guys, the arrangement was a third. Basically, they'll make the connection. They'll get the money going. The Bidens get a third. And then these other guys could keep two thirds. It's wild. And it, it's complicated, but not really all that complicated. You can get your, hey, do me a favor. I love it. Try to explain to me Ukraine and the phone call and the impeachment, right? I want to hear that. <laughs> and the names start getting thrown around and Poroshenko this and Vladimir that, and nobody knows what's going on in about eight seconds. Um, but this is a bit more understandable. Hey, George Santos, Congressman George Santos, they're treating him like they should be treating Joe Biden, quite frankly. Big, major banner headlines that this brand new member of Congress, why are they paying this much attention? Well, he's a Republican, number one. That's a big part of it. Uh, George Santos pleads not guilty to fraud charges from the Times. The scandal-plagued congressman who ran on a life story littered with lies was charged with 13 counts, including wire fraud, money laundering, stealing public funds, and lying on federal disclosure forms. And he's accused of using illicit campaign contributions for personal expenses. He entered a plea of not guilty. Hope that's true. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, my gosh. The New York Times has 75 reporters on this, 75 reporters on this situation with George Santos. He's one congressman. How long has he been in Congress? Three months, four, five months since January. Uh, if he goes down, you know, the balance of power does not shift to the Democrats. Why this one? Well, part of it. He's a Republican. Part of it, they can focus on this. You know what they're doing? They're focusing on this alleged corruption far more than anything, anything, anything. Uh, they're not nearly this kind of attention. No attention, in fact, for the alleged corruption of Joe Biden. It's amazing. You know, Joe Biden was accused of sexually assaulting Tara Reid. Tara Reid. Do you know who that is? Tara Reid, a woman who worked on Joe Biden's Senate staff. And can establish that she was there in the early 90s, 1993, 1994. She has months. She has dates. She has, she knows all that stuff. Unlike, unlike that, uh, that head case, E. Jean Carroll. And where is Tara Reed? You know what? Who's received more scrutiny than, um, let's see here. Tara Reed. Let me just hear what she says first. Cut 26, please. Tara Reed, Joe Biden's accuser. She says he sexually assaulted her in 1993. Cut 26. He had his hands um, under underneath my clothes, and um, it was it happened all at once. I wanted to say stop, and I thought it. I don't know if I said it, but sometimes, you know, when I ha- I've had a couple bad dreams or a few bad dreams about it, I wake up yelling that. I wake up yelling stop, and then he. Um, didn't look at me again. And it goes on. Megan Kelly did a great job with that interview. Uh, this is a woman who worked for Joe Biden. It's not a figment of her imagination. It's established. We know she was there. And the mainstream media, everybody else covering for this Joe Biden. Now, it's amazing how how obvious it is covering up for him, ignoring the story. I, Greg Kelly, uh, you know, local morning news anchor. My father was a prominent person but he was a local official the police commissioner you remember when i was accused this was in 2012 they went bananas 
The New York Times had 15 reporters. The, 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 the GMA, I'll never forget, turning on the TV. And there's uh, uh, George Stephanopoulos and the other one saying, Greg Kelly this and Greg Kelly that. And I couldn't believe it. Then they had their, then they had the report. Then they had a legal analyst come on. Then they had another panel. And they were all doing this. Why? Why, why me and not Joe Biden? I think Joe Biden, it's safe to say, and I have this actually, I go into some detail in my book, which I hope you've purchased, okay? The book is called Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. But I, I say, and this is not a humble brag or anything like that, it's a matter of fact that the allegations against me received 10 times as much attention and scrutiny as the allegations against Joe Biden with this Tara Reid situation. It's incredible uh, how they protect him. The system, what a corrupt system. Bias, everyone, they're so afraid of the truth. Incredibly so. Uh, all right, so this George Santos thing, let's just go through it. They're, they're, they're overreacting to this. I just saw about 75 reporters outside of the courthouse in Islip, the federal courthouse. Uh, Congressman George Santos, the Republican whose victory in New York was soon followed by revelations that he had falsified his biography on the campaign trail, has been charged by federal prosecutors in a wide-ranging indictment accusing him of wire fraud, money laundering, stealing public funds, and lying on federal disclosure forms. Mr. Santos, 34 years old, pleaded not guilty to all charges at a hearing in federal court on Long Island on Wednesday afternoon. Federal prosecutors say Mr. Santos was involved in three separate schemes. The bulk of the indictment focuses on allegations that Mr. Santos directed an unnamed political consultant to, to solicit contributions to a company that he falsely claimed was a political fund. Prosecutors say that Mr. Santos used the money for personal expenses, including buying designer clothing and making credit card payments. The indictment also accuses Mr. Santos of fraudulently claiming unemployment benefits made available during the coronavirus pandemic. Prosecutors say that Mr. Santos received more than $24,000 in unemployment payments while he was drawing a salary of $120,000 a year from a Florida-based investment firm. Huh. In the Times, prosecutors say Mr. Santos knowingly made false statements on financial disclosure forms during both his congressional campaigns in 2020-2022 to mislead the House of Representatives and the public about his finances. The indictment also alleges that Mr. Santos falsely inflated his salary during both campaigns and on and on and on and on and on. Uh, and then, just to give you an idea of, I mean, here's Nate Schwer. There, there are 15 reporters. One of them is Nate Schweber, live blogging all along. With lips pursed and with a scowl, George Santos entered a packed Long Island courtroom at close to 2 p.m. Wednesday. Eight full rows of chattering reporters fell silent when Mr. Santos appeared through a side door. He wore a dark olive sweater, a white-collared undershirt. A white-collared undershirt? What the hell's an undershirt? like a T-shirt. Oh, I guess he's literally under his sweater. Weird. Dark pants, a navy blazer, and thick rim glasses. Okay, thanks, Nate. And it goes on like this. The details, the details, the details. He'd leaf through papers, then he gesticulated, then he did this, then he did that, then he nodded, then he sat down, then he took his glasses off, then he looked over his shoulder. This is not the President of the United States. This is not Joe Biden. This is a four-month-in uh, freshman congressman from Long Island. Kind of crazy when you think about it, huh? Jerry in New York. Hello. 
Hi, uh, Greg. How are you? I got a couple of things. I know you were thinking about running for New York City mayor, which is, I'm sure you would do a great job. But um, I was wondering, I'm sitting here and I'm wondering, uh, you know, the president can nom- President Trump can nominate anybody uh, for his administration. Would you agree to that? Wait, what? Can they nominate anybody? Can he nominate? I mean, he's, he can nominate uh, uh, positions in his administration. Am I correct? Yeah, he can do that. And and would you, would you be able or would you be interested in in becoming the chairman chief of, uh, the uh, chairman joint chief of staff? <laughs> yeah, no, that would uh, that would I, that would be impossible. That would be impossible. A chairman of the joint chiefs of staff, four star general, chief military advisor to the president. You have to select from the active duty ranks. I believe there is. Uh, statute that governs who the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff could be. However, I could be Secretary of Defense. However, that's not the job I want. However, the job I want is under Secretary of Defense. However, I'm not going to take it because of numerous reasons, uh, numerous factors. Number one, the money. Number two, the commute. Number three, you put a great big target on your back and it's a hassle and you can't really affect the kind of change that you want to change and the Pentagon is such a Bureaucracy. There are people who are better skilled at that kind of stuff who have been in D.C. Trump needs to be very selective, though, about who he picks. He needs not swamp people who know the swamp. <laughs> and that's tough. And that's tough. But, Jerry, thanks for thinking of me. Well, that's kind of flattering in its own way. Uh, okay. Anything else? Yes, sir. Yes, one other opinion I might have. Can, would you, what would your opinion would be that if uh, President Trump would would, uh, as a running mate, uh, ask Sarah, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. To Sarah Huckabee Sanders as a running mate? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, no, off the top of my head, too soon. Too soon. She's not been governor for one term. She's a, I mean, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You know who we're talking about, right? The former press secretary has a great dad. She's governor of Arkansas. Let her do the governor of Arkansas for a while before being vice president of the United States. But you never know. You never know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, maybe. Maybe. Richard Nixon said a vice presidential nominee cannot help you get elected, but they can hurt you. They can prevent you from getting elected. So he's got to be careful about that one. In the good old days, you pick somebody from a, a swing state and it could tip it over. doesn't work that anymore. Anyway, interesting thought, Jerry. Uh, what was the other thing we had to do? Oh, this is Eric Adams thing all set up. Talk about a guy who's chosen, uh, <laughs> heroes and villains, right? Eric Adams trying to milk the whole, uh, Michael Jackson impersonator getting strangled by that evil guy, right? That's the narrative from the mainstream media. They don't want you to know that the Michael Jackson impersonator had an extensive, uh, criminal record, was scaring the bejesus out of everybody on that subway. And, uh, the Marine who, uh, subdued him, may have saved a life, okay? But listen to how Eric, Mayor Eric, uh, characterizes the whole thing. Ready? Go. My fellow New Yorkers, this has been a week of strong emotions in our city. One of our own is dead. A black man, black like me. A man named Jordan. The name I gave. My son. Stop! Unbelievable. <laughs> you see? He's, he's an egomaniac. 
It's making this all about him again, right? Black like me, Jordan like my son, right? <laughs> I just, uh, one of our own is dead. I'm sorry. We don't think of it quite that way. All right. We don't. We don't. We just don't. All right. Let's be real here. We're New York. Okay. We got a couple of homicides a day. Sorry. All right. All right. It's unbelievable. All right. Wait a little, a little bit. Well, that was real. That was ego. That was pure ego. I hear that one more time. It's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> Fellow New Yorkers, <laughs> this has been a week of strong emotions in our city. I saw him at a party last night. One of our own is dead. A black man, black like me. Oh, yeah. A man named Jordan. The name I gave my son. A New Yorker who struggled with tragedy, trauma, and mental illness. A man whose last words were a cry for help. A man named Jordan Neely. Now, something tells me during this little speech, he's not going to mention the 41 arrests. All right? Something tells me it's not going to come up. All right? Now, what is he going to do? He's going to try to say, let's see, he's going to try to say mental health. I'm all about mental health. He's going to say something like that. He's also going to blame the city. And you'd think, well, he's the mayor, but he's still like, uh, he's still passing through. He doesn't have any ownership of anything yet, right? He's still new enough as the mayor where he can blame other people, right? Blame past administrations and all that stuff. That's where I think this is going. Keep going. Jordan's death has devastated his family and shocked his fellow New Yorkers. Today, I'm here to talk about Jordan's life before he got on that train. The circumstances surrounding his death are still being investigated. And while we have no control over that process, one thing we can control is how our city responds to this tragedy. You know, you had, you know, you had your chance, pal. You had your chance. You were nominated in June of 2021. And what did you do? You went to Africa on vacation, right? You didn't hit the ground running because you didn't know what the hell to do. You didn't. You, you, you came out with your criminal justice plan, which I think you may have had your own son, Jordan, right? Okay. Or maybe Jordan's a uh, little, I, I, it was written by a sixth grader and it was written six months into his administration. All right. This is angering me now. Uh, just a little bit more. One thing we can say for sure. Jordan Neely did not deserve to die. And all of us must work together to do more for our brothers and sisters struggling with serious mental illness. All right, hold on a second. All of us? I already pay taxes, all right? We delegated to people, uh, to, right? And you're not you're not living up to that, oh, by the way. And how do you know the system failed them? Everybody, everybody's saying the system failed them. The system failed. Is there any, any personal responsibility and by the way, how do we know about this mental health, right? Maybe he was just a bad guy. I keep hearing he was traumatized because his mother died. Death is a part of life, man. I'm sorry, it happens. Am I coming off like a jerk right now? I really don't care. This has been, this. here we go again. They are exploiting the whole damn thing to enhance their power, status, and ultimately to enhance their money supply. I've had it. Had it with this thing, huh? All right. What else? Uh, 
Let's see. Oh, actually, here's a transcript. What else? We cannot and will not accept this state. Blah, 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 blah. God, it goes on for pages about this stuff. Pages. Is there is there one concrete thing in here? Because we look to minimize the empower. Okay, our coord. Oh, uh, no, get this. There's a coordinated behavior health task force. The task force. How many phony baloney events have I seen in the subway with him and Kathy Hochul, by the way? Walking around talking about safety in the subway. Right? How, how, how many videos have I seen of that? And this guy's going crazy? What about our right to... All right. I am getting angry. I'm going to get my mind off it with Carlotta. She's all the way up in Rhode Island. Hello. Hi, sweetie. Um, okay. Uh, how are so you I'm... there, uh, Tootsie? I'm okay. So I want to talk about two movies that when they were made were supposed to be farces, but it's about 30 years ago in the 90s. But actually, it's the way we're living today. What? So do you remember Elliot Gould? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, he was big. He was married to Barbara Streisand at the time. And he made a movie called Little Murders. Little who? Little Murders. Mm. How did Elliot Gould make it so big? He was not a likable. Uh, I didn't find him appealing at all. I never saw Little Murders. What was it about? It was about people who were, didn't want to even go out in the streets of the supermarket because if you got uh, murdered or accosted, you you were a troublemaker if you made a big deal of it. You were just supposed to do your business and run back home and put 10 locks on your huh. door. It's how you're living now. The other movie was Roger and Me. By who is it, Michael Moore? Yeah. And if you recall, he goes up to the information desk and and he asks her a question and she pulls down the shade and he knocks on the window and he said, wait a minute, isn't this the information desk? And she said, yes, but we don't give out any information. (laughs) That is great. I had a moment like that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's good. I got to find that. I've been looking for a moment that emphasizes that, that illustrates that, right? Oh, that's great. That's great. Our whole government, right? They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're so far afield from, I love it. I love it. Michael and me. Oh, Roger and me. Roger and me by Michael Moore, right? All right. Good tip. Good tip. Good tip. I'm going to find that. I'm going to find that. I'm going to show it tonight on the 10 o'clock news, maybe. All right. On the 10 o'clock news on Newsmax. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Total breakdown of civil society. I'm looking at a video of two, I don't know, 20-year-olds, one boy, one girl, and they're going down the aisle in the grocery store. And what do they do? They open up the Cool Whip because they like Cool Whip. I love Cool Whip. And they open it, and they take a great big lick out of the Cool Whip, and then they put it right back in. And then they just run around, right? You've seen those videos too, right? And the shoplifting that goes on. Shoplifting has essentially been legalized, right? It's not prosecutable anymore. Uh, we are off the rails, off the rails. Listen, I'm sorry I need to get to more calls. Uh, we've got to find a way to manage them better. But I do have to wrap things up once again with uh, Barbara from Huntington, the one and only. Hi. Hi, Greg. Good afternoon. Um, I was just thinking about how I spoke to you yesterday about the Constitution and learning more about the Constitution. And if we look back at the people who wrote our Constitution, not only were they brilliant men, but they were extremely well educated. 
So, for example, when we look at the taxes today that you were talking about a little while ago that are prohibitive and unthinkable, the taxes on Americans, it goes back to something that someone said about 200 years ago. Frederick Bastiat said, when plunder becomes a way of life for a group of men, over the course of time, they create for themselves a legal system that authorizes that plunder and a moral code that glorifies it. And that's what we have now. Wow. Now, Basquiat, is that like that? That sounds a little bit like that artist guy. Who is this person? He is a French um, economist and politician, and he did a lot of writing. And so often when we look back at the educated people from generations ago, Human nature doesn't change. They were educated not only in history, but in how history interacts with human nature. You know, Barbara, this is why this is why Joe Biden is so indignant when he gets called out on this stuff. Right. Because the system, right, the way of life has been established. Right. It's it's what they all do. It's what they've done for a long time. So he's like, what are you what are you what are you picking on me for, man? This is the way it works. I think that's what's kind of going on. I love it, Barbara. Once again, I apologize to Warren and Ron and the rest. Sorry about that. I will see you tonight on the Newsmax show at 10 p.m. And if you're still thinking about it, the book is available. Justice for all by me, Greg Kelly.